The History Of series was created so that my friends and I could get psyched about some of our favorite musical artists together. And today, that's exactly what we're doing. Me and my sister Amber are talking about Fall Out Boy, the first band we ever saw together live in concert, a band we've been obsessed with for a while now because we were really into that rock emo side of music back in high school. And we first heard this band ages ago because our dad used to play. Thanks for the memories a lot. But in 2013, when the band joined up together again, we started listening to the band again. So in this episode, we're going to talk a bit about the band's history, our history listening to the band, and why we love this band so much. And why their records still hold up over time. And at the very end, we're going to talk about what would be our best of Fallout Boy songs if we were to just compile a playlist of all the best songs. And we have that linked in the description. So if you want to check that out, check out some of the best Fallout Boy music. It'll be there. And enjoy this episode. I'm DJ Sight. And you're listening to the Get Psyched Podcast. Let's get psyched about music. I'm DJ Psyched. You're listening to the Get Psyched Podcast. And today we're doing another history of episode. Today we're doing the history of Fallout Boy. And I'm joined today with my sister, Amber. Amber, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. And then tell us a little bit about your history of listening to Fallout Boy. Get us started. Hello, my name's Amber. Her sister like she said a little about myself yeah i'm a makeup artist and i've been listening to fallout voice for like the last i don't know 10 plus years i think our father's the one that introduced him to us just funny because later on when i told him i was going to their concert he had no idea who they were but yeah i've been listening to them since i was a teenager they formed my entire punk look that i have in my life now and uh yeah nice yeah I think that was my introduction to Fall Out Boy as well. He used to play Thanks for the Memories quite a lot. But I didn't start officially listening to them on my own until like after their breakup when they came out with Save Rock and Roll. Up until that point, I didn't really know who Fall Out Boy was that much. So I'm not an expert on them. This is mostly just going to be like a review of their music and stuff. But I went back and listened to their music after the fact. But... As you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, we both have like the same Fallout Boy Paramore shirt because we went to Monumentor together. So I just want to talk about before we get into the discography a little bit about like what it was like seeing them in concert and like how that changed your view of Fallout Boy and what that experience was like because it was amazing. I think we saw them twice. Did I see them twice with you or just two times in general? Uh, we saw them twice together because didn't they do that Boys of Summer with Wiz Khalifa? They did, yeah. I think the first time is when I bought you guys all tickets for my high school graduation present. And that's when my our father asked us if he was a Christian band. And I was like, no, uh, that's a, a punk band that you introduced us to. It was very fun. We parked in the middle of nowhere and had to hike to the <laughs> venue. We bought these shirts from a stranger. They definitely put on a great show. I think that was right after Save Rock and Roll came out because it was when I graduated to Save Rock and Roll. I think came out in 2013 and I graduated 2014. I think that was the second tour back after they had came back. And then obviously you loved it because you were a huge fan of Paramore. So you got to see two of your favorite bands. Yeah, it was amazing. And I guess, yeah, that's a part of the reason it's called Monumentor, you know, because it was like, it was huge. Like Fall Out Boy was back in the scene. They were making their splash in Paramore. Paramore, Fall Out Boy, Panic! The Disco, My Chemical Romance, they're all very much captivated into that like, 
if you were young and emo, you definitely listened to all those bands at some point. So it was pretty cool, like how, going to that concert and seeing them together. I can't really remember who opened that concert. It was New Politics. Yes, it was because I didn't know who New Politics was. They're amazing. They are. They are very great. But that was the first time I ever heard of them was that show. I think it says it on our shirt under Monumentor. It says New Politics that we bought off of a stranger in the parking lot. Yeah, like when we parked, like, I, I don't know. That was so, like, I've been back to that venue so many times and I've never seen that parking oh, spot Oh, I've never again. seen that parking space ever. And I've gone to that, con- <laughs> I've gone to like six concerts at that venue since. I don't know where we were. Same. We were pretty far though. I remember like, yeah, it was kind of a hike. And then like, it was awesome getting these shirts. I mean, I am down to support my favorite artist. It was just, it was 20 bucks and it's a good shirt. It's lasted all these years. Well, we also both bought like five shirts. True. the concert so we did spend a lot of money with the artists as well oh yeah I forgot like when I I've been to so many concerts at this point that I don't do that anymore like I don't splurge on yeah, merch I but at our first few concerts we used to be really bad about like 100 100 oh. plus bucks we'd be like yeah let's just buy all the shirts they offer because we need to remember this tour forever oh my gosh we yeah. buy bracelets and hats so like Monumentor was like it was pretty much what you'd expect because it was like Fallout Boy and Paramore pretty much have the same fan base. Like a, a lot of their fans overlap, but I thought it was really interesting a few years later when we went to the Boys of Summer concert because like Wiz like I, I'm, there's nothing wrong with Wiz Khalifa, but he's not in the same category as Fallout Boy. So it was really interesting. There was like two whole like different groups and there were people who overlapped, but you could definitely tell that there was like, this was a concert that had two different fan bases in it. Yeah. Well, Pete Wentz always has like a history of hip hop behind him and everything he does. That's why they were with uh, Wiz Khalifa. People like me, I love rap music. You know, I'm always listening to rap. So I loved the mixture of it. But there was two very different kinds of fans there. (laughs) It was like all the emo kids and then all the rap music people. And then it just, it was fun though to see them go together. There wasn't like any drama or anything. So I've been to some concerts where there's people that don't match, but there was just like nice and everyone vibed together. I think that was what was cool about it because I mean from what I saw at that concert the fan base that was there they both have like because of the way that they advertise themselves with Khalifa and Fall Out Boy I think they have like a chill fan base like it's not like intense it's not aggressive like I honestly I love seeing people in concert that I kind of know but don't listen to that much because I didn't realize just how much Wiz Khalifa I know because like I feel like I knew the majority of his songs but I was not expecting that. Yeah, I thought I was literally only going to know Black and Yellow. And then I was like, oh, I know all of these songs. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. But it was quite fun. Yeah. And they were both at the same venue, right? Here in Raleigh? Yeah, they were both at um, Walnut Creek. Amphitheater, yeah. So that was that, the concerts. It was a really good time. I would say that for me, going to the concerts, like I was already a big fan of Paramore and Fall Out Boy, but I think it definitely made me more of a fan of them. And then it just kind of like, it was really cool that every time they went on tour together, I found a new artist. Because I think the second time, Max Schneider was the opening act. Oh, it was Hoodie Allen was the other person that um, opened for them. Because then I actually started listening to Hoodie Allen. And I've gone to a concert that's just him after that. But yeah. yeah, it was Max Schneider and, and Hoodie Allen. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't really remember the history of Fall Out Boy that much. But like Pete Wentz signed Max Schneider, didn't he? Like he has his own record label now and that's why he was there. I believe so. I think that's why he was in there. It's like D something records. Yeah, honestly, I I used to keep up with it more. Like like everyone knows, like Panic and Fall Out Boy and Paramore, they were all signed to Fueled. I don't know, does Fall Out Boy like completely, they're apart from Fueled now or are they still like in collaboration with Fueled? Do you know? 
I'm not sure if they're like on Pete's thing or if they're still by Field by Ramen. No. Well, that's fine. They were a part of the Field team back in the day, at least. And they're probably like in some capacity still a part of Field, just not yeah. maybe signed fully. We'll verify that and put it in the show notes. <laughs> so I guess we can just go in. This is how we do the history of we're just going to go into the discography. We're going to go into each album. We're going to talk about the album a little bit whatever we might know about the band from the time and some of our favorite tracks off of them. So unofficially there is an album before Take This to Your Grave, but I'm not familiar with that album. So I'm not gonna talk about it. I don't know anything from that either. I just know it's called something like Weekend at Your Girlfriend's House or something along those lines. I don't know. It's like, now I kind of have to look it up real quick. I just remember it has a really funny like picture. We were quite young when that came out because Take You to the Grave was 2003. I don't even know if it'll pop up because it's like really unofficial. Like it wasn't, I don't believe that was fueled at all. Oh, okay. I found it. It's called Fallout Boys Evening Out with Your Girlfriend. So I was close. But yeah, I don't know any of the songs from that really. And they like the long titles. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We have to talk about that. Although, I mean, according to this, the only Calm Before the Storm, which ended up on Take This to Your Grave, I guess that was the only song from this first record that made it onto their official first record. So yeah, the first record is Take This to Your Grave. Um, I'm going to let you go first. Just tell, like, tell me your thoughts on this album and all that jazz. So that album, I don't actually listen to that much. I, I really only know one song off of it. That's like my like go-to song, which is the Grand Theft Autumn slash Where Is Your Boy? Because you know they love your boy tonight. You gentleman. Yep. I love that song. It's always playing in my head for some reason. Just like literally (laughs) just always looped in my head. But yeah, that's really the only song I know from that album. Probably because it came out in 2003 and we were very young. Yeah. And this is not one of Fall Out Boy's most popular albums at all. Like, this is definitely a good album. I love this album. I have this one in my CD collection, but it, it's not its not one of the albums that put Fall Out Boy's name out there. It was just an album that, I mean, not saying it's just an album. It's a good album, but it was like the album that they came out with when they were still starting up, when they were still putting their name out there. They didn't quite have that advantage that Panic had with like being introduced into the scene. So they weren't quite out there when they came out with this album. But yeah, Grand Theft Autumn is a really good song. It's definitely one of their most popular. They have a video for it, don't they? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, that that one. I only really know the first few songs off of this record. I know Dead on Arrival and Saturday. I started listening to Fall Out Boy more when I started playing guitar. That's why I started listening to them, really. like That's why I started listening to emo music in general, because I was really into electric guitar. And so I really loved this record because it's very much like it sounds like it was made in someone's garage it's very like small rock star band playing small shows and it's not quite what fallout boy became in the next few records it stands out in that it's very different um which i think is really nice but it's also not the catchiest so that's why it probably doesn't stand out quite as much as some of fallout boy's other records 2003 and then we're moving up to a record that is incredibly popular of theirs only two years later in 2005 they came out with from under the cork tree you want to tell me about some of your favorite songs off of those? Because this one has a lot of really popular Fall Out Boy songs. This one does. Some of my favorites are a little less 16 Candles, a little more Touch Me. This is the long, it got the long titles in this one. Then you got yeah, I Slept do. With Someone from Fall Out Boy and all I got was this song of all the gin joints in all the world. That's one of my favorite songs just in general from Fall Out Boy. Then our lawyers made us change the name of this song. 
And then you got, obviously, Dance Dance, which was, I think, their first hit that they got and got them, you know, most of their fame in the beginning before they broke up was Dance Dance. Yeah, Dance Dance and Sugar Were Going Down. That was definitely one that became yeah. a bigger name off of this record. That's what I love about these earlier Fall Out Boy records. They follow that weird, long, strange titles thing that only Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco really got away with. Gave that panic whenever they started bringing Panic out. They're like, yep, you gotta make all your song titles a sentence. Yeah, that. I mean, same as far as like, I love Dance Dance. It's It's a classic, it's really good. The bass on Dance Dance is amazing. I love Pete's bass work because it's really catchy. It's not too hard. I was really into playing Fall Out Boy songs on bass when I first started playing because they're like reasonably easy songs to play and they're really catchy and fun. So for anyone who's like trying to play, I think these songs are great. But my favorite off of this record is I Slept With Someone in Fall Out Boy and All I Got Was a Stupid Song Written About Me and Get Busy Living or Get Busy Dying. I really like that one. And a little less 16 Candles, a little more Touch Me as well. It's a great song. Yeah. I think this is the first album that I ever actually sat down and listened to a full Fall Out Boy album was that one. Yeah. It was on sale on iTunes one day, so I bought the album and then just listened to the whole thing. Yeah, that's a good one to go into, especially because even though this album does have some of their biggest songs like Dance Dance and Sugar Were Going Down, there are a lot of songs off of this album that didn't make it like mainstream and aren't that popular, but they're still really catchy and really fun. Which moves us into the next record of theirs, which was incredibly popular. It was Infinity on High in 2007. Yes, that's probably what introduced those two Fall Out Boy with this album. I think I was in middle school. I remember listening to this album on the bus in seventh grade on the way home. Yeah, I didn't listen to the full album back in 2007, but I do remember hearing Thanks for the Memories a lot because our dad played that song a lot. (laughs) He loved that song. It's hilarious <laughs> that he doesn't know who they are now. Yeah, I think my favorite memory of that song is the fact that our mom was not a very big fan of it, but he was, and that's probably why it stood out to us. She hated the line about um, if God doesn't In show. In case God doesn't show, yeah, I remember that. Every time I hear that song, I hear that line, and I think about that every single time. <laughs> but it is an, it's an incredibly catchy song. I mean, thanks for the memory. And then I remember also watching the music video a lot as a kid because I remember that weird monkey. <laughs> The monkey that's just there. So that was something, but this ain't a scene. It's an arms race classic as well. I don't know. What what are some of your other favorites off of this one? I got, well, I had obviously this ain't a scene. It's arm race because live, that's always one of my favorite songs. Cause you know, you just got everybody doing the fist bumps to the arms of race. race. Exactly. (laughs) And then you got the, I'm a lawyer with the way I'm always trying to get you off, which is just one of my favorite songs off that album. Yeah. I think I've always been a big fan of this fame less than infamy. I, I don't know how to say that properly, but you know. <laughs> it got the symbol. It's got that symbol in there. They always have to be unique. The takeover, the breaks over. Honestly, like, yeah, this whole record's really good. I don't, there's really not much more to say about it. Fall Out Boy was pretty consistent with their sound between From Under the Cork Tree and Infinity on High. I feel like their sounds are incredibly similar. They're still both really good records and they hold their own. But honestly, if I didn't know which songs were on which record, I probably wouldn't be able to put them there myself. That makes sense. They could just be one long record. Because <laughs> they were they were really similar, which is not bad. Like, it was Fall Out Boy's, like, sound. It was good. So uh, no complaints with that. But I will say the next record, which only came out a year later, which I, I didn't realize until just now looking at these dates. In 2008, they came out with Folly Adieu. That one was really different in sound. It was. I only know really two songs off that one. $20 Nosebleed and I Don't Care. Those are my two favorite songs off of this record. Same. Like, I know some of these other songs in the sense that, like, if you put on the record, I could recognize it, but not, like, sing along to it. You know what I mean? I'm sure, like, Yeah. yeah. 
same right but that's what i think is so good about this record and, and what a catch donnie you know that one yeah what a catch i think the thing that makes this record stand out so much for fallout boy and what makes it one that i really really love is this was when they really started experimenting with their sound a little bit and it's also the most diverse record so far because they don't really have slow songs like what a catch donnie before this 20 dollar nosebleed is completely out there compared to the last three records that they released. In fact, if someone would have told me that $20 Nosebleed was a Panic at the Disco song from when Panic at the Disco first started, I probably would have believed that more than someone telling me it was a Fall Out Boy song. Yeah, and that definitely makes sense because Brendan Urie's on the track yeah. and you, you could feel Panic's influence on it. Yeah. Now, I'm not super duper duper familiar with when Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco came together obviously they were together by this record i don't know if they like met during the infinity era or right before that i know how it happened but i don't know the exact date yeah same so you want to tell a little bit about that because i think that it's a big part of fallout boys history when they like became the makers of panic (laughs) pete wentz was going through his emails and he was like i want to make fun of these kids for this music they made uh so then he listened to the album was like oh my god I can't make fun of them. It's actually really good. And that's when he hooked up with Brendan Urie. And that's when Panic at the Disco was brought up. Phrasing. Phrasing. <laughs> you just said that's when they hooked up with Panic. <laughs> I didn't mean hooked up like that. <laughs> but that's when they met up with Panic. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool hearing hearing their story of that. Like, yeah, Pete just kind of, like, they they introduced themselves. Pete liked it. And they ended up together. And obviously... Panic at the Disco is a name that is just as big as Fallout Boy now, so that was a huge success for both of them. Like I think they both they had mutual benefits from doing that together because it only made Fallout Boy bigger, and then it put Panic on the market. Definitely. This is a promo because I'm going to talk about the history of Panic at the Disco with David soon. But yeah, that's that record. I mean, me personally, I don't care is my favorite one off of this. I don't care is so. I've been listening to that all week since we've been talking about doing this podcast together. I don't care is a great song. And then you have Pharrell in that video just randomly <laughs> with all their masks. And the fascist kitty. Yes, the fascist kitty. <laughs> yeah. But before we move on to the next record, I do want to talk a little bit more about that track, $20 Nosebleed, because like I said, it is one of their like most different tracks up until this point. And it's also one of the most catchy tracks. Me and my friends in high school, David in particular, the one I'm going to do Panic! at the Disco with, loves this song so much we'd put it in the car and we would all go off to this song it's just it's insanely catchy and it's fun and brendan yuri's on it so who couldn't love this track that's true brendan yuri always makes everything so much more fun and i guess a big thing that we have to mention because after folly i do that was it it was the end of fallout boy that was that's when they broke up they split patrick went to go do his what was it a soul album mm-hmm. didn't he just go by the name patrick stump i think he just went by his name I think right so. I believe so. I just remember at that time he had like different hair. <laughs> yeah, he had his little fedora. I never really listened to any of his solo stuff though. I've heard about it, but I've never listened to it. Yeah. I listened to like a little bit of it back when I was like really getting into guitar and stuff. Like this was after they got back together that I started listening to his solo stuff just because I was curious. Um, but I listened to it in about the same way I listened to Gerard's solo album. Like I didn't like know all the songs and like really love it. I was just intrigued by the fact that he did a solo project, but it was, inc- it was incredibly different. Just like Gerard's, like when they, when he left, it was not at all like Fall Out Boy. He had his own, he had his own name. He had his own style, but then comes 2013. Huge year for people. I think you might've been playing Save Rock and Roll for me one day. 
And I, as I always do with music, when you first show me, I'm like, what the heck is this? I don't like this. And then you caught me listening to it by myself. And I'm like, you were right. And then I think I was in, I think I was in school one day in one of my classes, one of my computer classes. And that's when I found the video series. They were only like two or three in. So I started watching that. And then I would remember every time they would release a new episode of the video series, I would watch it which is just the strangest series of videos if you actually watch it at the stuff that goes on in it. But yeah. it was very interesting watching like the story go along with the songs. Yeah. The video series was a really cool thing because obviously like there was a lot of hype around this record. Like Fall Out Boy was back. Like this is the thing that my chem fans were dreaming of and the Fall Out Boy fans got it, which I mean, they're the same group of people, but still <laughs> there was such anticipation for this record. So when it finally did come out, it was really neat that they were doing the video series because they did not ruin the opportunity of the hype that they had created. You know, like yeah. they could have easily just come back and been like, this is our record, but they made it as hype as they possibly could have. That's probably like the only album that I know literally every single song. There's not a song on that album that I do not know. And I think they achieved that by that video series. Because while I was waiting for the other ones to come out, I would go back and rewatch the ones that came out already. Yeah. And same, this is the first Fall Out Boy record that I ever, like, really got in touch with every song. Like, there's not a single song on this record that I can't bump. There's some I love more. And we'll talk about those in a second, like, what our favorites were and stuff. But there isn't a song on this record that I couldn't listen to. They did a really good job of making them all bangers. They did. Like, not a single one of them doesn't, like, have a vibe that you can just listen to at any time and just, like, increase your mood. Yeah. I don't know. I think this record is really where, like, I mean, obviously they all had a lot of time to grow as artists when they weren't a band for that amount of time. They all did different things. Like, I don't really know everyone's projects off the top of my head, so I can't say, but I know that every member was doing something else during this time. Yeah. Pete Wentz, he's always done, like, stuff on his own, but I think this is when he, like, started really getting into his own business and becoming, like... DCD2, that's what it's called. Yeah. DCB2, his studio that he made. Okay. That's too much like Eminem's thing. But anyways. <laughs> I just remembered it because it was like during the Monument tour, they had it at like the, or not the Monument tour, the other tour, the Boys of Summer Boys one. Of Summer. It was at the like front of the poster. Okay. But yeah, this, I'd say the, the strongest strong suit they have of this record after like, obviously they all had their chance to grow is that this record is both diverse. There's a lot of different sounds and styles on this record. There's a lot of different paces of the music. Like you have your faster songs, you have your darker songs, you have your slower songs and your, your easier songs to go to. But then they also somehow perfected the art of being rock stars on this record with being like their own sound. They also brought back classic rock stars. You had Courtney Love in there and you had Elton John, but then they completely flipped it as well by having Big Sean on one of the songs and then yeah. bringing somebody completely new in, but Foxes, who didn't have a lot of like recognition at the time. So they oh, just yeah. like went all across the board, but made all of them work so perfectly together. And I think that obviously, like, we can't go without saying it that's why the title of this record is save rock and roll i think that they were definitely i mean i not even i think like they were trying to make a statement about what rock and roll is rock and roll is changing get with the times rock and roll is not what it used to be we're accepting of all kinds of music in here we're gonna make this something unique like rock and roll is not just what fallout boy used to release it's not just what bands used to release that were like fallout boy rock and roll is evolving with the times and that was like a huge statement they made by having so many different artists on this record i think 
that is a huge statement because around that time gatekeeping was really bad in the alternative scene like oh but there's not really any real rock anymore or any real punk anymore because of they're all died out and stuff but they're like nope it's whatever we want it to be in the scene yeah and that's what's so cute about the cover of this album this is like the two little kids that are obviously very different on the front and they're trying to say different doesn't matter rock and roll is about being together exactly so i absolutely love this record it's definitely it's iconic at this point fallout boy has a lot of bangers that are really popular and will always be some of their most popular songs on the last few records but this album is what i think of when i first think of fallout boy yeah so that was 2013. Now we're jumping into 2015, which honestly took a second for this record to grow on me, but I still love it. I remember when this album came out, I was in my, my room, like waiting for it <laughs> at midnight when they dropped it. And then I listened to like the entire thing <laughs> right when it came out. I loved it from the first time it came out, but that's because I was just the most huge Fall Out Boy fan at this point. Yeah, no, at this point, like, I, at this point, I think we both had kind of separated in music a little bit. Not that we weren't listening to the same music, but you were like the Fall Out Boy fan of the house, and I was like the Paramore fan of the house. So I wasn't exactly like as on top of this record. I was on other records, but I do remember, what was the first song released off this one? I think it was Centuries, right? No. I think it was Centuries because that was that one that was yeah. on the Big Hero 6 soundtrack. No, no, that was Immortals. No, Immortals, sorry. Yeah. It's one of the one recorded ones. Dun, dun, da, 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 da. I don't remember the name yeah. of that song. What is it? Um, Coffee? I don't know. The one that Ma loves. Yeah. yeah. I remember Ma Tom's was Diner. like... Tom's Diner, yes. I remember Ma was like... That's Tom's Diner. I know this song. <laughs> That's Tom's Diner. Um, I mean, I love yeah. Tom's Diner now, but I didn't know that song before this one that's true I had no idea what it was and then mom was like listen to it by itself and I was like oh that is a really good song yeah so I think I think that that song actually really it got me excited for this record but I was like interested because it definitely centuries was incredibly different from what was released on the last record and what they've done yeah. in the past which is in tune with their no matter what our sound changes we're still going to be rock or punk however you want to define it yourself we still stay with what we are, but we can change our sound as much as we want. Yeah. And it was cool, like, them sampling Tom's Diner. It was that, this song still gets me because that is just the most catchy hook in the world. <laughs> yeah. But you are right. This record also has Immortals, which was made even bigger than it already was because of the fact that it was on Big Hero 6. Yeah. It worked really well with that movie and, like, how they put it in there. It wasn't just, like, a song that they threw into a movie. It worked very well with like what was going on. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not like the world's biggest Big Hero 6 fan, but I, I connect this song with the movie very much. Like it's definitely like the standout song from that movie. I think most yeah. people feel that way too. I'm pretty sure the whole reason I watched that movie was because <laughs> of the fact that, that I knew that song was for the movie. Yeah, it was like a win-win for Fallout Boy and Big Hero 6 because like you had Big Hero 6 fans that really loved the song and then you had Fallout Boy fans that were watching Big Hero 6 because of the song. Exactly. No. Okay, I can't remember actually. I don't I don't know what the first song came off this was because I have a feeling it was American Beauty American Psycho, but I don't know. I have been that is definitely the title track. <laughs> Yeah, that's the title track. I don't know if we said that when we first said the name of this album, but this is American Beauty, American Psycho. And that was definitely one of the singles. Look, we, we don't maybe know the exact order, but those were the three singles that were out before the record, I believe. I think so. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. 
Uma Thurman was a, a, one of the first ones to stick out to me when I first heard the whole record all the way through, though. That is actually one of the ones I have listed as one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, what are your favorites? I had Uma Thurman, let's see, Fourth of July in Centuries. Yeah. Uma Thurman is very catchy, and you know, it always makes me think of Pulp Fiction, which is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, that's a good one. Those are all good ones. I think my favorites have definitely changed over the years off this record. I love Centuries just because it was, you know, that sample from Tom's Diner. I love Uma Thurman too. I think at one point I was really obsessed with Twin Skeletons. That's a good one. That I really liked cool. that one when it first came out. When it comes to Fall Out Boy and their albums, like my favorites that I wrote down happened to be my favorites that day that I listened to them, but they change all the time. Like I couldn't pick my top favorite Fall Out Boy song because it was just impossible for me. They change all the time. Yeah. And that's just how it is with bands who have like a lot of really good songs. Like it's, you kind of love them all and it just depends on what mood and what phase you're in, which one's going to like connect with you at the time. Yeah. Cause I, I don't know. I feel like right now I'd probably vibe most with favorite record and twin skeletons, but I also was obsessed with immortals when it came out. Like a lot of people were. Favorite record is great. That's always like one of my favorite songs. Um, it's gonna sound weird to do my makeup too because it gives me like inspiration to be more punky in my face, <laughs> which sounds really weird. I, I listen to certain songs and I want to make my face look a certain way, but that's one of my favorite ones. But I'm like, yeah, I want to look super punk rock today, so then I'll listen to that song. Yeah, and they follow the interesting theme of having a kid on the cover of their album for this one too. They do. But yeah, that was a different era for Fall Out Boy. I mean, in a sense, like, yeah, it's a, it's a, not in a sense, it is a really good follow-up to Save Rock and Roll. It definitely kind of followed the guidelines that were set by Save Rock and Roll, but it still stood out enough. This is the point in Fall Out Boy's career, I think, just in my opinion, like once we get to Save Rock and Roll and we get to American Beauty, American Psycho, this is where you can really, really differentiate the music. And Folly I Do. So like after their first three records the next three records those all are very clear as far as what songs would belong on which like they're very much yeah. cohesive and different like that that does make sense you can definitely have a blocking of this goes with this and this goes with that yeah they have their own sound and style and i mean and maybe we also are a little biased because we were more connected to the band during these records and we were listening to them in real time so we we kind of have a different vibe and a feel for each of them that is very true Although this is where things are going to get interesting as far as trying to talk about the history of Fall Out Boy, because I think we can both agree that after this record, we weren't as in touch with the band anymore. <laughs> That's true. That's when Mania comes up. And with Mania, I don't know much of their songs. I listened to the whole album once, as I do with every Fall Out Boy album that comes out. Uh, but nothing really grabbed me as much as they do in the other albums. It wasn't a bad album, per se. It just didn't have that catching feeling for me yeah and I think definitely I would never say this is a bad record and I talked about this a long time ago on the podcast for an episode that I did on selling out and I just I don't think because I've heard a lot of people say it like oh fallout boy you know they kind of sold out or like their sound is not what like it you know like people just bashing on fallout boy for this album or hearing people that just didn't enjoy it not saying nice things about it I think that fallout boy was doing what fallout boy wanted to do Fall Out Boy has always, since they came back, been on a mission to redefine rock and roll for themselves, to make the music that they love. And I think it's a good record, but it also didn't resonate with me. Just, it wasn't where I was at musically when it came out. And I did not give it the full listen. 
I'll be honest, I listened to a few of the songs that like, I kind of like briefly went through it. You know, I didn't listen to every single song all the way through, but I skimmed and scanned. I like Hold Me Tight or Don't. That song is catchy. That, that song is, is fun. But yeah, I also agree. This record did not, it didn't grab my attention the way that past Fall Out Boy records always did. It's very true. I just, it didn't have the, the grip on me. Yeah. Hold Me um, Hard or Don't is one of my, that song. And then Young and Menace. That one was really good to me. Yeah, I don't know that one. Oh, those two. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, I do know the last of the real ones. I know that one too, actually. It's not like my be- like my favorite Fall Out Boy songs, but I can listen to that song. That one's catchy and it has like a, it's a good vibe to it. Yeah, I just like the hook. We're just the last of the real ones. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really what got me on the three songs that I do know about them is the hooks of them because like Young and Menace has like a nice little hook and then so does uh, Hold, Hold Me Tight or Don't. <laughs> Yeah, and then the last of the real ones is just like the last of the real ones is just so aggressive with that little. Yeah, and then it that one has some cool music too. And this record, uh, we can't avoid like just talking about it because I I don't know how to put the exact word on it, but they definitely started playing a little bit more with like electronics and synths. They still have guitars and drums, and it's still you know they still have the elements of their old music into it, but they were really experimenting with electronic type music at this point which is i think where some fans disconnected with it yeah that could definitely be it because for fallout boy for me it was always like a nice punky sound and not that you can't have electronic and punk because you definitely can it just wasn't what i was expecting from fallout boy do you know what's really interesting something i've never noticed until i'm scrolling through this right now like their discography I mean, I don't know if someone just doesn't label their music um, properly, but like there's really not a lot of explicit tags at all on these records until we get to Mania, where there's three explicit tracks, but that literally before that, there's like one. Interesting. I'm trying to think about their music before yeah, that. Same. There's a lot of, I don't think there's a lot of explicit like stuff in the music beforehand yeah I don't think so either actually like now like I really never noticed it before but off the top of my head I'm not really thinking of like explicit material from their music yeah yeah I know right it's like I'm puzzled now I don't think it does have anything like explicit that would warrant a tag on it other than like the names of the songs I slept with someone in fallout void and stuff like that stuff not that bad yeah and we kind of skipped over it because it's not really a record but I do just kind of want to briefly mention these last two like collections because I really, I lost touch with Fall Out Boy almost completely after American Beauty, American Psycho. Not that I don't listen to their older stuff, but I'm just not, I'm not really that interested in getting too into what's happening now. But I felt a strong disconnect and kind of like, I didn't really care for it when they started coming out with like these remixes and compilations. I didn't quite understand it and I didn't really enjoy it. Um, I think it's cool that they did it but I don't know. It didn't, it didn't really resonate with me because in 2015, they came out with Make America Psycho Again, which was like a remix of the previous album, which was full of remixes, but I never listened to that. Did you? No, I, had, I, I knew it came out, but I never like went out of my way to listen to it. Yeah. And then apparently most recently in 2019, there was The Believers Never Die, Volume 2. I don't know why that says Volume 2. Where did Volume 1 come out? <laughs> I remember when that came out. I didn't listen to it either, but I remember when it came out. Yeah, it's, I mean, looking, just looking at the titles, it's just kind of like a compilation album, but that transitions perfectly into what we're about to talk about because we're going to make our own best of Fall Out Boy. We compiled a little list of what would be on our top songs if we had to do a best of Fall Out Boy. 
do you want to start by giving the songs you chose the ones that i put on the um yeah and we're gonna link a playlist below with the songs that we chose so if you want to listen to our best of fallout boy check the comments below or description below what i added on here yesterday was some of the songs i actually talked about already which is the grand theft autumn slash where is your boy tonight i got young volcanoes i slept with someone in fallout boy and then obviously thanks for the memory since that was the first song that we ever listened to that's just what i added yesterday like i said my favorites tend to change all the time yeah so come back to the playlist if you want to because i might change it a little bit too i'm gonna listen to this i love fallout boy but the ones that i chose for this um which i think like kind of overlap with your list because like we agreed on a lot of these tracks like this ain't a scene it's an arms race one of my favorite fallout boy tracks yeah it's definitely a classic definitely my favorite song to hear live too yes you're just if you're not in a place where you can put your fist up you beat the heck out of your legs with it i don't care is definitely one of my absolute favorite fallout boy tracks um because i just totally dig the guitar in it i just realized that i didn't put a song on this that i wanted to so i'm gonna add it right now dance dance is one of my absolute favorite fallout boy songs just because that is one of the first songs i ever learned how to play by fallout boy on both the guitar and the bass and it's just insanely catchy and then i have 20 dollar nosebleed because like we already said that that is a really big standout track of fallout boys and it also kind of you know if you're a panic fan it bleeds into both of their music yeah and then lastly there's i slept with someone in fallout boy which we both agreed was one of our favorites off that record yes it's a great song so yeah if you're listening to this what what are your favorite Fall Out Boy songs. I love asking questions when I'm on the podcast because like obviously you can't answer me right now. But if you want to answer me, this is on YouTube so you can go into the description below and if you're listening to the podcast on anything else, you can just go to the YouTube and let us know. So yeah, um we didn't really talk about it that much. We briefly went over it. So I'm going to give us a chance to talk about it now, especially because I made you rewatch the whole thing for this podcast. Let's talk about that Save Rock and Roll video series. Yes, actually, we watched it this morning to keep it fresh. Um, it was definitely interesting. I hadn't seen it in such a long time that it was like almost watching it like you knew they had the children involved in it that they had in there, which kind of like you had the kids all the way to, like I said, Courtney Love and Elton John, which in like my head sort of like portrayed like the kids that are now getting into the whole punk rock slash rock scene to the originals. Well, not originals, but the closest to originals you can get alive now of the rock scene like bridging the gap and then you have patrick stump having to go through to kill the band but then save it in the end (laughs) which was definitely interesting um it's definitely a lot of odd imagery i wouldn't watch it if you are a light stomach (laughs) and you don't like gore (laughs) yeah one of the one of the videos, I don't know if you got ran into this problem because you probably were signed into your YouTube account, but one of those videos is tagged so that if you're not of age, you can't watch it. I couldn't watch it in high school when it first came out. I had to wait till I got home that day to watch it because you couldn't watch it on the school computer. It told me no. I remember that. I didn't have that issue today. Nice. Because they, they, they take out the organs of Patrick's stuff and they're all eating them. I think it was it Young Volcanoes, is that one? or Because they're uh, all sitting around the table. I think so. Oh my god, that table scene. Oh. <laughs> That's the one that I'm referring to. Don't watch if um, you don't like gore. Do not yeah. watch the Young Volcanoes video. <laughs> the whole series kind of has an element of it, though, because I think, like, what is it? in the first video, the kids start, like, murdering them? Or is that the second one? I don't know. 
the first one is where they um they chop off patrick's hand yeah the kid on the bike rolls up and he has it so the second the one is the bonfire one right because that's my songs you know what you did in the dark or is no, that i first? think that's further in oh okay because first they get patrick's hand and they start the kidnapping and then i think is when they all get together and they do the dinner scene beforehand because you can watch it they have a one video that's like yeah. a 49 minute video of all of it through which is what i watched today and then you go to young volcanoes and then they're fighting which is the, the bonfire one you're talking about and they're all fighting in the um, yeah. thing and then you've got two chains coming up for some reason and burning all their albums with other two girls burning the albums and then foxes saves them afterwards just to turn back and make the hypno hypnosis that patrick stump and that's when he murders who does he murder again was it andy no he doesn't murder he murders joe joe okay yeah he like gets his hook hand and gets them yeah. real good it goes to i don't know if that's i think it's hell <laughs> i honestly don't understand the scene with Elton. I I don't know. It was like it was Elton like Elton John has got right. Yeah, I think that's what he's supposed to symbolize. But it's just weird because like before the whole like I don't know the the whole series is just completely different from the one with Elton John. It's like I mean it mashes in because you get that like symbol thingy, which I mean, it's just so epic to watch all those videos and then go to their concert. Like I'm pretty sure at Monty Mentor didn't they have that thing like rise out the ground? I think so. They have like parts of the videos playing in the background while they were going through the album. Yeah, that was a really good concert. That was one of the best concerts and I've been to. I think that was still. our first real concert we ever went yep. to. Than, like our Christian concert. <laughs> yeah, it was like the first concert we ever went to where one artist headlined because we always went to like those compilation concerts. Yeah, but I I think uh, yeah you summed it up pretty well. Honestly, I can't say much more about the video series. It's crazy. It's weird. If you're okay with that, then you know watch it. It's fun. It's a good way to listen to the album and it is. It's in a different order from the album. It's kind of interesting, like like if you listen to the record all the way through and then you watch the video series, they switch the order to match the music and what's happening. That's but boring. it's, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I just, I think it was meant to be some like crazy art version metaphor for what the album stood for. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely did a good job of, like you said in the album, bringing together what modern rock would be. Yeah, like I said, you had two chains there, so you're doing that, and then you got the song with Big Sean, so you're bringing back all different kinds of music together. Yeah, and they're like burning the records was symbolic. Them being attacked was symbolic. Elton John coming to save them and pull them out was symbolic. You love just being completely insane and making all the weapons. <laughs> yeah, you like if you listen to Fall Out Boy's past albums, I didn't point it out on any of the spots because I can't remember exactly what specific songs they were, but I know that P. Wentz has a, has a fun way of being emo and a little dramatic. You know, like at the end of the song, sometimes he'll have like those like little phrases and stuff. You can tell he likes metaphors and like being a little over the top, but that's kind of what makes Fall Out Boy fun. It's what made yeah. the video series fun. That's definitely true. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all I really have left to say about Fall Out Boy. Do you have any final words or thoughts on the band? Or No, I think we covered pretty much everything about Fall Out Boy. Yeah. So that's our thoughts on Fall Out Boy. <laughs> Thanks for coming on and talking about it. Of course. This has been the history of Fall Out Boy with my sister, Amber Diaz. If you want to follow her, she has an Instagram where she posts makeup stuff. Tell us your handle and a little bit about that. What do you do on it? I post various different kinds of makeup looks. I only use cruelty-free makeup. It ranges from beauty looks to gore. I haven't done gore in a long time. I was gonna do a Halloween series, but I got a lot going on right now. So that won't 
be done until after Halloween. We'll bring some gore in in a random time. But my handle is the truly life of Amber. And there's underscores between each word. Sweet. And I'm going to link that in the description below and the show notes. So thank you very much for being on. And until next time, stay psyched.